You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting The Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live uncommon. We are continuing the Set Apart to Serve series as we encourage young people to consider church work vocations. Joining us today, Glenn Rollins. He's manager for Set Apart to Serve. Glenn, welcome to The Coffee Hour. Thanks. Great to be here. It's, it's nice to have you on, team. You're fairly new to the LCMS International Center and set apart to serve, but not new to church work in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. So tell us about your journey to becoming a church worker. Well, it was back in the last century, so it's a little bit ago. <laughs> and I was actually kind of thinking about that a little bit as we got ready for this and also thinking about it because this past uh, several days, few days, I was at in Concordia, Nebraska, with a conference of Lutheran high school administrators and kind of thinking about how I got to that point. But grew up in various cities in Colorado, mostly in the Denver area, but then finished up high school in a small town on the prairies of southeast Colorado, little town called Wiley, about 400 people there. My, my church was at a, in a differing town there, but it actually started for me, I think the Lord was working when I was in confirmation at Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. And that's where my my pastor there first started talking to me about going to church work. And that was back in 1960-something. After time in Aurora, we, as I said, moved down to Southeast Colorado. And my pastor there was also involving church work for me. And he actually set up, and we're that's far Southeast Colorado, but he set up to have a, an admissions person from Concordia Seward come out and visit. And I had always thought I was going to go to a state school in Colorado, but the Lord and my pastor and this admissions person, I think changed my mind. And, and, and one of the things that I've come to look at in, in retrospect was it, was, it was pretty awesome to have someone actually really interested in having me come to that school, to that place. And my pastor was interested in me going to seminary eventually, but things turned out, turned out a little bit differently. And as I said, this weekend, I was with other Lutheran high school principals that I had worked with before coming to Set Apart to Serve. And, and somebody told this story that they'd had a similar experience. Uh, they had gone to Seward, not sure that they wanted to get into church work. But during that time there, something clicked about serving the Lord. And I was the same. I didn't know that I was going to go into church work. I went to Seward because that was where I was being kind of pulled towards. But but something clicked about serving the Lord through vacation, vocation in the Lutheran Christian education area. And I, I was able to be an athlete of running cross country and track. I got really interested in coaching. And one of the best ways to maintain yourself as a coach is to also teach. So uh, I kind of migrated to teaching during that time as well. So that, that's kind of the how the Lord helped me to get to where I was. But it was through the influence of, of a couple of pastors who really took that thought. They saw something in me and wanted me to be part of that as well. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us more about these church workers who encouraged you and, and how that encouragement made a difference for you? Well, I, you know, I, I 
probably don't dwell on it a lot, but uh, it was a divorce situation with my mom and biological father. And, and, and so didn't, didn't have that male figure or, around in, in my life. So I'm, I'm guessing, and I, I haven't completely dissected it, but I, I'm guessing, you know, when you have those two men who are so important and it's not just to me, but they're leading the church that I go to, that, that I think that that was something to not so much pause for the, the first event during confirmation. I don't, I, I remember it, but I don't know that it had as much of an impact as pastor did in Southern Colorado, Southeastern Colorado. And so I think, you know, we, we look up to these figures and in this case, both of them pastors and they, uh, as people of influence, and we're using that terminology at set apart to serve as, as people of influence. That, that does have something, whether you come from a, a, a family without, you know, a traditional family in that regard or whatever, that these, there's are important people. And, and I think to, this is something I've seen in my ministry when I was principal and, and teaching is we are created, I believe, to want to be part of something bigger than ourselves. And this is a great opportunity to become part of something bigger than yourself and work for the church. So, so I think there, there was maybe some element of that instead of a Neb state college in, in Colorado, you can go to this place. Yes. In Nebraska, you've never been there, but you can go there and, and indeed be part of this, this, well, you know, really was becoming part of the church in a different way, but it's, it's something where you belong. And that's really an important motivator. I think, I, I don't know that those two pastors saw it that way. They wanted me to, as I said, go down the pre-sem route and, and both to be a pastor, but it still is that concept of saying you, there is something that we see in you that is going to be able to make a difference. And, and you ought to think about that. Uh, and again, the, the second time in high school, they, it was, it was so much that, that he brought somebody from Concordia Seward there. So, you know, the Lord's at work in, in all of this. The Holy Spirit is pushing along, but we have roles in it as well. And that's what I, well, as I look back, I see the roles of those two men in their work that way. So. And that was, that was kind of my next question. When did you start to see that, that the, those people of influence in your life were key in you considering Concordia, Seward, Nebraska, and considering church work? When did it really start to make sense that you started to see that? Yeah, I, I think for, for me, it's, it's been over these last 10 years or so when I've been really interested in what is involved with this, this whole project. Uh, and it probably, as I look back on it, see that when I started to care about what was happening with my, my own sons and, and their being pursued to, to go into college, I started thinking back towards what happened with me and, and seeing it with a different perspective there. So that's, that's I think, the challenge that I w- was able to, to get to see at that point is that they were in, involved through the Lord's work, but it became so much more real with my 
with my sons as they were grappling with what was going to happen with them. So I, and I hear that story now more and more. I mean, I'm involved in this now in a whole different way, but I also know that, that my colleagues talk about that as well. So you were in a, in a high school setting for a while. Is that, am I understanding that correctly? Right. Most of my ministry has been in high schools. There have been a few times that I've been in, in Lutheran grade schools. My first call was to a Lutheran grade school out in Southern California. And I was, I was actually at that call for about, for the first semester. And then at the local Lutheran high school, which is Laverne Lutheran in Pomona, California at semester, they needed somebody in social science and that's, that was my area and they needed somebody to coach track and that's what I wanted to do. And so my, my principal said, you've got to go. And so I, in the middle of the year, I, I switched from the, the grade school to Laverne Lutheran there. That, that's, that started me being mostly in Lutheran high schools, but I've been, the, the Lord has placed me in a, in a number of different places around, mostly the, the Western half of the country. But I actually was able to teach for at a, at Concord Lutheran school in Pagedale, right? Like close to St. Louis there in St. Louis, the school is sadly no longer there, but it was an inner city experience. And I was there for, for a, a, a couple of years, had some good connection with Lutheran North at that time. But most of the time has been in Lutheran high schools. When I was at what was Minneapolis Lutheran up in the Twin Cities, that's when I decided to get into administration. So that was in the early nineties and uh, we, we were able to, I was there for six years at Minneapolis Lutheran and there were five different principals during that time. So it became kind of obvious that it seemed like almost anybody can jump in at least for a year to be a principal. So I, I went and got my master's and, and started down, down that road. I was blessed to be at Faith Lutheran in Las Vegas for seven years from 2000 to 2007. There's a tremendous amount of growth, but I also got to grow myself as learning about being a, a principal. And then as I, I talked about also our, our oldest sons both graduated from there. And was, that really brings to, to mind about that whole thing about what are they going to do for college and, and beyond that. So, but I've been, I've been, like I said, blessed to be many places around the country and learned a lot and then have been able to, to, to share in those different things that way. So in all that teaching and administration experience, what were you, what were you able to experience kind of on the flip side of being able to encourage the young people that you were working with to think about these different vocations in their Again, I, I think it wasn't until I, I saw about my own sons and, and how they were making up their minds about what they wanted to do that I, I really saw the importance, even though it happened to me, it wasn't until I saw about that importance of that time frame for, for young people to make those decisions. I, I think especially this past five to seven years, and, and our sons had been out since then, but past five to seven years as, as an administrator, and you're trying to find teachers. Uh, each year, fewer and fewer that are out there. And we're, by saying fine teachers, automatically my mind is, of course, it's someone from that's synodically trained. Uh, of course, it's, it's someone who knows what we are about in, in Lutheran schools. Yeah. And it's been a, of course, more, more challenging all the time. I, 
just was, you know, again, talking with some of my, my former colleagues, if you will. And it's just amazing what some of them are, are going through with that. With, with young people that the past few years, what I've started working on is, is just something really, really simple. And that's that I can't do this by myself, but our, our faculty would take time in faculty meetings and not every faculty meeting, but often in faculty meetings to talk about who are those young people that we see could be the, the, the people would want to be at a Concordia and be involved in possibly becoming a church worker. My, my theory with that was that it was perhaps the village would make a sense at raising this, encouraging, cultivating these young people. It was good if I could go and talk with them, but it's much better if there are a whole bunch of us who are watching out to, to see if how, how Johnny is doing and, and maybe encouraging here and there to, to build that person up. Although I do have to tell you once, you know, if a name is brought up and that young person is, is I've talked about at faculty is we really see that they might have that something that, that fits for possible church work down the road. I would bring the, the young person into my office and just let them know, by the way, no pressure, but you're, there was a teacher who said, you might be somebody who in the future would, would perhaps be a church worker for our, our church. And sometimes it was for kids who were maybe not denominational and going to do something else, but they still needed to know that, that the Lutheran teachers here said, wow, they might have that, that ability and, and skill and possibility. So one of the things that would happen is those, they were just like, really, they, they have just a, a funny look on their face. And then there's kind of a, a smile because that there's a, there's a connection there in that way that they hadn't maybe even thought about before. So that's just a really simple way that it, it was taken care of by the whole. And I saw then I got the whole faculty talking about that too. So that was kind of fun for that. We're talking with Glenn Rollins, manager for Set Apart to Serve with the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, encouraging young people to consider church work vocations. We'll continue the conversation in just a moment. We'll learn more about the need for church workers in the future. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. At Concordia University, Wisconsin, we believe you were created for a reason, to use your God-given gifts to help others, to live a life of self-sacrifice in a me-first world, to live a life that's uncommon. Whether you're taking one of 50-plus online programs or learning with us in person on the shores of Lake Michigan, you'll be equipped to make an uncommon impact. Learn more at cuw.edu. Concordia University, Wisconsin. Live Uncommon. Welcome back to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Today we're talking with Glenn Rollins. He's manager for Set Apart to Serve, encouraging young people to consider church work vocations in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. So Glenn, you shared with us the story of how you became a church worker, the people of influence in your life that encouraged you along the way. And then as a church worker, how you were given the opportunity along with your colleagues to encourage young people to consider church work 
vocations by identifying students with gifts that, that would be certainly very meaningful in church work vocations. You shared with us earlier as a teacher and as an administrator the the growing need for church workers now and in the future. Can you paint a picture for us, help us understand what that need for church workers is now and what we anticipate in the future? Well, I mean, you can look at numbers. I, I don't know that that completely tells the the story. The stats are out there, but but perhaps the, the biggest thing is whether you're talking about in education, we we are in some really critical areas. We don't we don't have those teachers for that. On the other hand, at, at my congregation here at Trinity in Springfield, we have been without an assistant pastor for months. And I know that that is taking quite honestly a toll on my pastor. And I, I that can't uh, we, we know that that's happening across Synod in in many, many places. So the the need for set apart to serve is is so great and it's it's going to take a little while to ramp up but we and we've got some some things that we are working on for i guess programmatic that i i believe are gonna gonna make a difference but we do have to have the whole of the church involved and that's that's exciting to me that we're looking at a way to get everybody from, you know, the, the, the pastors and teachers, deaconesses, DCEs, you, you name all of the, the different vocations, plus the laity to get involved in, in some of these things. And so uh, on the horizon here, we've got some areas that projects that I'm working on and working with Pastor Bonnick on that are, that are really exciting. And that's what's going to need to be part of our focused answer to, to the future because the, the, the numbers are dwindling, there's no doubt. So talking about getting all of the people on board at a church, how do all of these different church workers in a congregational setting or in a school setting work together as partners to foster this community of, of encouraging these vocations for young people and, and really showing that this is a good and an, and an honorable and, a, and a, a, a worthy vocation for these children to consider? I'd, I'd like to use the, the model, and I hope to be able to on our pilot program, which I'll, I'll talk about in a bit, but I'd, I'd like to be able to think that the concept that I used with faculty meetings, that, that there is going to need to be a coming together of those workers at that ministry to intentionally talk about it, to, to not just put it on that and we would do this in the olden days, at least for me, whatever the olden days means. We would, <laughs> we would say in August, we would say, hey, we need to work on this. You know, let's, let's think about this year that we talk to those kids. And then it would be June for the final meetings. And we'd say, okay, do we have anybody? That's why we became very intentional about in every other meeting, basically is what it was, taking time to talk about are there others? What's going on with those young people? And, and that's, I think, is going to be one of those key best practices for our ministries is to, to intentionally take time, and some segment of that, once a month, whatever it is, is who are those young people? Or you know, second career is going to be part of our program as well. But who are those people out there 
who we should work with. Our pilot program project that we have going on, that's going to be one of the areas that I'm going to strongly encourage there. Now, if you have that rural church with, with a, a pastor and probably not even somebody who answers phones except for on, you know, Monday through Thursday mornings, it, it's going to be a little harder to have that group meeting to talk about who that is. But we still want to put that in their mind is that it needs to be a regular, intentional time of reviewing who are those potential young people and, and then following up with, with them to energize those kids as well. But the, the pilot project, and that's, that's exciting in the, that there are 35 ministries from around the Synod that we are going to be working with to work on those, as I said, best practices. And uh, we're, we're working with the Standing Partnership Group to kind of put together some uh, toolbox for each of them. But one of the keys is making sure that we are constantly in contact with them to keep them encouraged to find those ways that work in their ministry, because these are going to be rural and urban and uh, inner city and, and schools and high schools and it, all different aspects of the ministries that we have and, and, and working with them over the next year to really be intentional about seeking out who are those young people and finding the best ways that we can make sure that they have a good thought about vocation and how to carry that through until they are enrolled in one of our Concordias for, for church work. And that's, that's part of the plan with uh, the pilot programs that we're putting in. It's an awful lot about networking, just like St. Paul did. He, uh, he networked all around the Mediterranean and that's what we want to do. And eventually we'll take those best practices then and share them with the entirety of, of the Synod. So you're going to be hearing a lot about that pilot program in the, the next weeks. Plus, we've also been blessed to begin work in a partnership with Lutheran Church Extension Fund and Concordia Publishing House to create curriculums about the importance of vocation and church work vocations. Of course, of course for these curriculums will be shared with all 1,200 of our Lutheran schools in our church, from early childhood centers up to Lutheran high schools. Martin Luther did a little bit of talking about vocation, and we're going to build on that. There's a lot of work in that project, but it's really exciting that LCEF and CPH are jumping into this work with us. So there's a lot of different things that are percolating because there is a big need, and there's an important aspect to this that goes goes very much to the foundational aspects of of how our church works with with his workers out in this harvest. Thanks for sharing the those plans for the pilot opportunities that are that are going on in the this year. I, I want to go back to some of your examples from when you were in the high school and leading your colleagues in meetings, asking the, that question: Who are the young people? Who are the students? Where we see some some potential for being future church workers? What was the next step after you identified them? What was the next step for you or for the teachers? How did you then the students where you you saw those those gifts or that potential? As I said, we would regularly meet, and what I was hearing from teachers is that that they would would maybe take a little bit more time talking with those young people. This year, of course, I'm not there, but the idea was that we would then put together and, and work with our, our Concordias about visits 
and having young people go to our Concordias. There are a couple of Concordias who, who do that regularly, and we wanted to make sure that we locked into that and, and help the young people to see what was going on at uh, Concordias in, in a different way than just hearing about it, because there is a lot of competition for that college college perspective. So we're we're that that was uh, the next stage that we were uh, going to be working on. But of course, then I took a call here, and so I, I leave it to my colleagues at the, the high school. But it, it's it's the most thing was to keep talking to those young people. And let it happen organically in the classrooms when a teacher who knew a young person was was interested would would maybe find that time to add and help them during during their time of regular class. Well, that was to to be encouraging in that way. Very good. Our guest today is Glenn Rollins. He's the manager for Set Apart to Serve with the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, encouraging young people to consider church work vocations. Glenn, thank you so much for being our guest and a continuous conversation about Set Apart to Serve with us on the Coffee Hour. You're welcome. It's exciting, and I'm thankful and just really thankful to the Lord for being able to be part of this as I kind of change in my career and, and, and look to to finish up by some service to the broader church and for the future of the church. You've been listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support The Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Anywhere.